Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody, and Merry Christmas. I do have a confession to make. As you can see, we're not at the Genesis building. I am in my backyard, and it's not actually Christmas. And we made a decision to do this because everyone who is involved in putting Genesis online, it would have been uh, a lot of pressure for them to do that and be with family. And so we made the decision to pre-record this, to put it up online, and hopefully you are there at home and with your family, and this is going to be helpful to you as well not having to be someplace, not that it's a, a pressure to worship or to gather together, but I know sometimes it can be uh, something that pulls us in many different directions. And we didn't want that to be the case for, I know, the people who serve here and for those of you who are conflicted, having to feel maybe pressure to come down and participate in something or to be at home preparing food or getting things ready for your family. You know, it, it's so contrary to, to to tradition because this is one of the big days uh, for the calendar, right? This is when people come to church, this and Easter, and we are choosing to not meet on this day. Uh, It's definitely counter-traditional, but I think it's important in what it it hopefully will do for those who uh, find it difficult. And so as we move forward, I also want to pause and acknowledge that This season, although it's supposed to be a time of joy and uh, merriment, it is a time of sorrow for those of us who have lost the people that we love. Um, We have a hard time not thinking of them more during the season where they were so much a part of our lives. And so our heart goes out to all of those who are hurting because you have lost someone you love, a family member. There is heartbreak in some way because of your experiences and this season together, know that we are aware of those things and are experiencing those things ourselves. I want to pause and I want to pray as I get started here this morning, because I hope that the things I share can be helpful to you in this season, helpful to not only find hope again, but also to not feel constrained to some of the things that maybe tradition has put on us for this season. Uh, If you could pray with me. Father, we take time aside to acknowledge you and to lean into what it means to seek you. And I do pray, Father, that as this season is upon us, as Christmas is here, that for those who are finding sorrow and it's difficult emotionally. 
may there be comfort at this time as well. Father, we are blessed when we mourn because we will be comforted. The comfort isn't removing what hurts, but it is bringing meaning into those areas. And I pray meaning would be brought into our lives at this time. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. As we lean into this season on this day, oftentimes I found that we can be blinded by our tradition because of all the things that we have heard, the things we've grown up believing, that it kind of stops us from seeing maybe some of the things that are there or were meant to be there. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 2, if you can follow along, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And if you hear airplanes going overhead or dogs barking, hey, this is the world we live in. There's an airplane now. Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The Magi, or as some traditions refer to it, the wise men, three wise men. And we don't really know. It doesn't say how many were there. It's just assumed there were three because of the three gifts. And it's interesting because a lot of us have mangers at home, right? And our mangers can vary depending on, you know, how elaborate they are. Um, Some might include, you know, a lot of animals. Uh, Some might include angels, uh, the shepherds, and then some might include the magi who were there. And it's interesting because if you really look at the story, they are not there all together. And what's also interesting is that this story, the Christmas story, is only found in 
Matthew and in Luke. It's not found in the other two Gospels, and Paul doesn't mention it at all. There's really no other account of the birth of Jesus in the New Testament, which is interesting when you think about how much theological emphasis is put on it in our time, and you wonder why wasn't that the case at the time when the letters were being written to the different churches. And there is no account of the Magi in Luke's gospel. It only takes place in Matthew's gospel. And if you compare the two together, there are a lot of things that it it doesn't flow as nicely as we would like it to. Now, if I'm making you uncomfortable by mentioning these things, I'm not making any conclusions. I'm just presenting information. Why is the birth of Jesus not found in the rest of the New Testament? Why does Luke not account for the Magi, but only Matthew? And and the point is this. What if our tradition of what the season is and means and the story is supposed to tell and trying to make it harmonious is actually missing some of the food that is there on the table that Matthew is trying to tell us. Because I think there is a point to Matthew's mentioning the Magi in his story. And I think he he tips his hat to what this is, even in the genealogy that he has that's different than the genealogy that's in Luke. And again, people are so concerned about trying to make them sink that I think they're missing the point of what's actually being said. In in Matthew's genealogy, there's three women that are mentioned. We have Rahab, we have Ruth, and we have Bathsheba. And all three of them are pagans, and they are now part of the lineage of the Jewish Messiah. And then you have the appearance of these magi. And the reason that this is a little interesting is because the word magi comes from the word magician, or its meaning the same. And I don't know about you, but magicians and magic were very much frowned upon in my tradition growing up, right? In that fundamentalist Christian. I mean, so many people maybe still today will not watch Harry Potter, right? Because it's got magic in it and sorcery and witches and those kinds of things. Of course, so does the Chronicles of Narnia, but C.S. Lewis is our guy, so that's okay. But this idea of magic is looked at as being occultic. It's looked at as being dark. And yet Matthew puts it at the foundation of the revealing of who Jesus is. And why would these people be here on this occasion. Why would God appear to these magicians who were astrologers, not astronomers, astrologers? Why would he reveal to them a star and not reveal it to uh, King Herod or to the priests or to the shepherds or to the people who were there at Israel? And maybe it's because Their understanding of God was too small for the revelation that was about to be revealed. Maybe it took someone outside of their religious constructs to understand the scope of what was really happening. Have you ever 
had a friend who is bilingual, and I mean fluent in both languages, and they're trying to convey something, interpret something, and they find it difficult because our language does not adequately have the words to describe what is being said in that other language. And they have a word that means something that takes a couple of sentences to uncover. And, and it has to do with our framework, our, our language and the limitations that we have. And I think we can have those limitations as well to the things that are happening in our religious you know, sphere, those traditions that hold us to a certain way of thinking. And then all of a sudden, we have magicians who are astrologers who have God revealing to them things that the people in Israel did not see and did not understand. I always find it interesting when people say that someone is an atheist and far from God or that they're not a believer, as if that has any bearing on how close God actually is to them. Because God is to them, and in turn to us, closer than we understand. And what God is doing with these magicians, these magi, is speaking to them in the language that they understood, which was the stars, which was astrology. Now, you might wonder, like, well, does God speak through the stars? Well, he did at this time. And I'm not here to say that that's how he does things. I'm just saying that he did to these at this time. And Matthew is saying so for a reason. He is trying to help us understand what is happening here, how that they are closer to God than we would have thought they should be. And whenever you are having a conversation with somebody about God or about Jesus, know that God is already having a conversation with that person in a language that is closer to their understanding than anything that we could ever bring. And like these Persian magicians who were astrologers, God spoke to them in their language and they understood this and it brought them closer to the God who was there. I had a conversation with Brian the other night and we were talking about all the things that we think about regarding God, regarding the scriptures. And he asked, do you ever find that looking at all this information, it doesn't really bring you to the relationship, that it's not bringing you into a place of communion with God, but it's giving you this understanding of information and I had to agree. Yes, it does. I mean, a lot of times I'm in my head and I'm thinking about what these things mean and how, you know, to interpret these things accurately and what's trying to be said. And I can start thinking that what I believe is more important than what I seek. That what I think is more important than what I'm experiencing. And that's not the case, the case, right? The case is that God isn't concerned 
with geography, he, he's concerned with presence. He, he's wanting to be close and where you are coming from isn't as important as to where he is. And, and it would be a shame if our belief in God and our beliefs in Christmas and in the birth of Jesus kept us from understanding what God is trying to say, not only to us, but to the world, that, that a door is being opened, that God is presenting himself to humanity in a language that everyone can understand. Because the beauty of the story is that in Jesus, we see that the heavens could not contain God, but in some way, this human child could. And we see that this is no typical God, not a God who is distant, remote, and in control of everything, but a God who is humble, a God who is selfless, vulnerable, and in some way needs the human heart. We see a God who is at home in the silence of the desert, in the solitude of this scene. We, we see a God who is present, who appears, but through human consent, which is so contrary to maybe our understanding of God and the pictures we've had but I believe this story is bringing us down to this. Christmas reminds us that God constantly moves from highest to lowest, from far to near, from power to poverty, from creator to creature, because God is the mystery of love. And the logic of love is shown in the dynamic relationship that God has when he needs this interaction to reveal himself and to be complete. There are so many amazing things about this story. And to me, this is one of the most important because it is declaring a God who shows up everywhere to the people you would least expect in ways that you could never fathom and that he is even as paul said in Acts 17 in him we live and move and have our being and that's coming from the pagan poets they were able to sense how close god was and what Matthew is doing is bringing that language of their understanding to a pinpoint of a person in Jesus, where we are seeing God with us, but not just with us, but with them and with everyone. And understanding that this is where God is going to meet them. Remember in Acts 7, I believe it was, 
where they have the council in Jerusalem because these Gentiles, these pagans from all over were resonating with this message of Jesus. And they said, well, what do we have to do? Do they have to follow the law? Do they have to be circumcised? Do they have to keep our you know, dietary plans? All these things that were so central to what they saw as their faith in God. And thankfully, none of those things mattered. And the list only had to do with really what people worship. You know, abstain from things that are strangled from blood and from sexual immorality. Those were all part of pagan worships that would have steered them in a way that was away from the God who was revealing himself to them. And I, I think it's important for us to understand how encompassing this gospel message is, how it is so inclusive that it makes us uncomfortable. That the people who should not be in this story have a central part because Matthew is purposely telling us so and means to tell us so. And so I hope that during this Christmas season, as you get together with your family, that you will not see family as those who believe and those who don't, but those who God is in conversation with and who is near and speaking to, that they are invited to the very presence of God and welcomed there. They aren't told to clean their act up first, stop believing in the stars, stop worshiping those things, worship these things. They are welcomed into the presence of Jesus as they are. And when they choose to worship Jesus, it wasn't because someone listed out what they needed to do to be right with God. It was the natural response to the voice that was leading them. And it's the same way with the people in our lives. And may we allow God to be big enough. And may our tradition not blind us from how inclusive God is. And may we not put obligations in the way of God's presence. I hope you have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. I hope that you are healthy. I hope that your hearts are healed from the hurts that happen in life. And may this Christmas be an invitation from God to you, to everyone, that He is here and He is with us. God bless you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.